0: Hello, everyone. This is Kimberly Greenwell with My Southern Home Television, the podcast. And I'm here with Kelly Mayer with Assured Electric and Maintenance. And Kelly, I'm so excited to have you on the show today because we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, which is lighting. And it is amazing all the different fixtures that are out there right now.
1: Yeah, the possibilities are endless. Uh, fixtures are as creative as you could imagine. Um, you can buy them from just about anywhere. But the, the shapes and styles that I install will just blow you away sometimes. It's just hard to imagine what's out there.
0: Well, i want to brag on you for a little bit because you helped me with all the lighting in my home. And what a difference recessed lighting made in my kitchen. It's night and day.
1: Yeah, I remember, uh, I think I remember whenever we first put in your recessed lights, I had you go in the other room, and I turned them on for the first time, and you were like, oh my gosh, it looks so great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it was amazing, and, and so um I live in a 1970s condo that was refurbished into, it once was an apartment, and now it's been refurbished into a condo, so it had this, ugly lighting and it's just amazing how beautiful that recessed lighting is and when you when you put it in the ceiling the right way it really highlights your cabinets and showcases them
1: yeah i think of cabinets almost like artwork and so with with the right recessed lighting in the right spot the cabinet becomes artwork and then it becomes useful space like useful light on your countertops in the right position as well. So I try to keep them a little bit closer to the cabinets, but not too close.
0: Well, you know, statement lighting is such a big deal. I know I have a lot of it in, in my house. And when you think of the word statement lighting, you normally think of big chandeliers, which I have those too, um, you know, but that recessed lighting makes a statement too. And You know, they're not, they're not your mama's recess lighting, (laughs) you know, as people say, it's just changed so much and it's much easier for you to put in and they're not as bulky and you don't have to create the holes that you used to.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the new stuff is so much easier to work with. I really enjoy it. Um, I like the majority of the new recess lights have a color selection. So like a lighter orangey color would be like a 2700 color temperature. Up to three thousand, the less orange, a little more closer to white. Four thousand is almost a perfect white light, Um, but at five thousand color temperature is almost a little bit of a blue tint, um, also known as daylight. So it goes like cool light, natural light, and then daylight. Um, But I like the fact that most of your recess lighting now, you can either pick the color you want and it comes that color, or you can select it. um, Depending on the fixture type, you can select it, and and everybody has their own preferences. for me, I think different rooms require different color of lights. Um, I'm not opposed to, you know, using a 4,000 or 5,000 color in the kitchen, but in the bedroom, I definitely would not use a 5,000 color temperature. <laughs> it's just too bright, too blue, too awake. I would use more of a 3,000 or 3,500 color temperature uh, in a bedroom because it's a lot calmer light. Um, and a lot of that just goes with that uh, personality and stuff with the kind of the color of the light that you would like, right? I do enjoy the the new recess lights because of that.
0: Well, you know, I say on the show, Kelly, that who you choose is important. And this conversation that we just had is just a great example of that because there's so much that goes with it, Kelly. I mean, even the Kelvins and knowing all those numbers and knowing what the difference is. I mean, I I have a television show about homes. And until I bought lighting myself, I didn't know any of that.
1: Yeah, a lot of homeowners are uninformed. And... For me, being an electrician who knows about lighting and lighting color, if I walk into a restaurant and they have the orange lights and the blue lights, and I'm just like, ah, oh, it just blows my mind. <laughs> like, Come on, pick one color and go with it.
0: That's so funny. So, when I walk into a place and I see something like a picture, Crooked, I have to fix it. Yeah,
1: exactly, I'm gonna I fix the lights
0: too. Yeah, you can't do that. Well, sometimes I will fix a picture if it's bugging yeah. me too much. So if I ever come into your house, <laughs> you anyone to listen to, me to the show and just ignore me if I fix your picture. They <laughs> probably wouldn't appreciate me coming in with a ladder. <laughs> no, they would not yeah. I remember when we were shooting Renovating Kentuckiana, we shot a lot of that show in um in Century. And, you know, because it's a retail store, yeah. they had a lot of pictures and stuff like that. And and this lady named Dion was helping me, um, you know, during that, during my Southern home and renovating Anna. and we just couldn't help ourselves because she's a former designer. So every time we were in there, we just were like, I'm sorry, I have to fix this picture. <laughs> <laughs> but That's they true. didn't mind it because we were making their store prettier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: right, exactly. Yeah, I, I do see like anomalies and like fixtures and like, like color stuff. That does bother me. I mean, because like when I put in the light, like I'm thinking, this is, you know, I want it to be perfect. You know, I want it to be the perfect, like make sure everything's level, everything lines up, make sure the spacing's right. Um, even to the point that I want it to like line up with the table or be square with the room or, you know, like I look at everything that goes into that space to make sure the light's perfect, you know, the right height.
0: So you don't measure once, cut twice? <laughs> no, no,
1: no, I do trial and error, but not like
0: that. <laughs> well, you've hung a lot of stuff for me, so I know that you go over everything with a fine tooth comb before you make a hole, before you drill something, before you do everything, anything. you Before you do anything, you make sure it's right.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, like, I want to bring up, like, if you hire an electrician or someone like me, um, my job is not necessarily to pick out the pictures for you. I can help you find the right recess light, the right shop light, or the right under cabinet light. But when it comes to fixtures, um you you can go to the big box store and, and pick out your fixture or whatnot, but um a lighting specialist may help you is depending on you know what you're looking for. Um but my job as electrician is I gotta hang it right. But like I guess what I'm trying to make is like I wouldn't necessarily pick out your pictures because picture or Fixtures, light fixtures, that's your character that you want to put into your home. But when it comes to hanging it, I think you definitely want the right electrician to hang it because depending on the size of the fixture, the weight of the fixture, the location of the fixture, um, I think uh, a licensed electrician would be the best person to install it for you. Um, I have to go back, you know. It's, uh, follow homeowners sometimes you put up a picture, and when i open it up i'm like oh my gosh i'm surprised this picture didn't fall or some surprise me to get shocked the way it was done um you just there's i hate to say i've said it before there's things that, that electricians know because of experience you know that we learn how to do things right and we know that the right mounting pattern or you know i don't know i just feel like we have enough experience and that's just, that's just it. it's just our experience then we should be able to mount a fixture the way that you want it without getting anybody hurt and use it for everything. It's intended purposes.
0: Well, and that's that's a perfect point because you know you don't go, you're not a designer. Yeah. Right. No so you not. don't pick out light fixtures for people, but it's really important to use someone like yourself to hang fixtures because I have heard horror stories from homeowners that thought that they could do that themselves. You're you are messing with wires. You're messing with electricity. And that is something that a homeowner should never do.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, some people are confident enough, but I mean, I'm, conf- I'm comfortable you can call me if you had a question if you want to do something like that, but um, I still recommend getting someone who knows the ins and outs. Um, I know like working with my apprentices, I'll let them hang a fixture and then when I have to go back and fix it, it's a teaching moment for them. So I hope on the next fixture they will remember. Um, so you don't you don't walk away till you know it's right.
0: Well, and the other thing that you have the ability to do as well is to make those fixtures in someone's home smart, and do it in a way that it's not going to make the internet in their home slower.
1: Sure, exactly. So depending on the fixture, um, a lot of people like those hue bulbs. Or individual bulbs, and and if you let's say you have a fixture that has four bulbs in it, um, and you use like a Hue type bulb, well all four of those light bulbs are communicating on your Wi-Fi, and sure you can control them with your phone, everything that's great. Um, but if you was to put in say a smart switch, now you have just one device on your Wi-Fi, and then you can control them all. with the the Wi-Fi, as opposed to having four devices communicating, you can have one device communicating on your Wi-Fi. Because once you get so many devices communicating on your Wi-Fi, it will slow it down. And there's other options out there too. You can, um, you know, if you want to get like a hub or a smart things device, then you can buy what's called um, Z-Wave devices. And the Z-Wave devices talk to the hub, and then you can have multiple switches talking on the Z-Wave network and then you only got, then your smart thing talks to the internet. So the switch talks to the smart things and the smart things or hub talks to the internet. And then you'll have, you can put pretty much unlimited switches on there, but you have one device on your internet.
0: Well, speaking about switches and, and the hubs and home automation, you helped me with my cameras as well. So anything in someone's home that can be made smart, you know, you should get an electrician to help you with that too.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think most of us electricians, um, because we do things like cameras and lights and, you know, install appliances and whatnot, um, even, you know, thermostats or garage doors openers, you can make all those things smart and then some, but um, you sometimes, like especially light switches, um, I don't recommend homeowners putting in a smart light switches because sometimes they take an extra wire that you may not have. And so I think a professional electrician's opinion uh, would be useful when replacing light switches that are smart.
0: Well, we did an episode last season that I found so interesting because you talked about the symptoms in your home that are showing you that you're having an electrical problem. Yeah. And so, what are some of those symptoms that um, that homeowners should look for? that's telling them they have a problem with the electricity?
1: Uh, there's lots of things really. Um, obviously, I hate to say a flickering light, but that is one of them. Um, the crazy thing about the new LED lights is they don't just die like the old incandescent lights, like an incandescent light used to maybe pop or something and it would be dead. With the LEDs lights, sometimes they will flicker and carry on and, and just be kind of crazy. But they don't just die like the old lights do. So it's not a
0: ghost. Exactly. No, it's not a ghost.
1: Exactly. It's not Casper. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, it, sometimes it could be, I guess.
1: I well, I am a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so I find all kinds of ghosts.
0: <laughs> but, okay, uh, so the flickering lights is one. Is
1: one for sure. Um, uh, if you smell like a, a burnt smell or something, um, obviously be aware of that. Any, any kind of burnt smell. Um, electrical usually has a particular smell to it. But, you know, if you smell something burning, you might want to get it checked out. Or and if you do smell it, try to, when you smell it, try to pinpoint the best you can. Because when we come out, we may not smell it. And so in that moment, go ahead and try to, I don't want to say troubleshoot yourself, but try to figure out as close as you can. Because we'll investigate everything in that area, you know, to see what we can find. Um, another um, thing is if you're around your panel board and you hear something that sounds like, bacon cooking, something like that. That could be uh, an arcing in your panel. And that's another symptom that something's going bad.
0: You showed me a picture of one of your clients where they had that happen and the panel was just completely melting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. it. So the electricity never really cuts off as long as it doesn't exceed a certain current, um, but it can still do damage at, even at low current. So... Um, Whenever, say, um, if something's barely making a connection, it's not necessarily overloaded, but a loose connection gets really hot. And when I say really hot, I mean hundreds of degrees hot, maybe even thousands of degrees hot, um, because that arc is several thousand degrees. Every time it arcs, that's several thousand degrees. Now, it's a fraction of an inch, you know, arc, but um, if it keeps on doing that, it'll heat up the whole area and that heat will expand, keep on heating up, and it'll start melting down breakers and whatnot i mean, even starting to knock down the metal in, in, in locations too. It gets really, really hot.
0: Well, so speaking of that, I remember I had some people um, replace some of my drywall in my house and yeah. they didn't put my electrical outlets in correctly. And you came and looked at it and you were really freaked out because, because of the way they installed it. That was a huge safety hazard and could have burned down my house.
1: Yeah, exactly. I remember that. The... Uh, the wires in the back of your outlet were they were stabbed in, which is generally okay uh, as a licensed professional electrician who who likes to do things the right way. Um, I don't recommend the the stabbing them in the back. If it's a clamp, that's different but the regular stab. And your outlet, because it was so loose, it was wobbly. And um, I think it made like a loose connection in your outlet. And I think you were on the beginning edges of like your outlet starting to burn up, but I think we caught it before it became a problem. So what I did is I um, got, we called, I forget the name of the device. It's a C-clamp that goes around the outlet. And it gives your outlet something to push up against whenever there's not enough drywall for the outlet to be mounted to. And it resecures it. So now your outlet's good and sturdy. um, And it won't move when you're plugging things in, plugging things out. And you also got to remember, like, every building has, like, a vibration to it that's constantly going. You may not feel it, but there's a certain, what they call it, residency vibration that's constantly going on and that affects it too so like things are always moving they don't look like they're moving
0: so what are some of the things that you've seen as far as do's and don'ts that you want to warn homeowners about when it comes to electricity and things you've seen people do in their home
1: (laughs) so lots of things
0: (laughs) (laughs) you don't have enough time right right?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Um, one thing i saw recently is um homeowner put a a ceiling fan up without um, a junction box behind it. I think the junction boxes are really important. Um, what, first of all, a secure junction box gives you a secure place to match your light fixture. Second of all, what happens is if something happens to those joints inside that junction box, your junction box is generally going to contain whatever arcing or heat or whatever is going on. Um, if you, choose to make a splice outside of a junction box, say up against the board or up against insulation, and that joint decides to start arcing and getting hot. There's no barrier between say your insulation and the drywall, the lumber, you know, and so it can lead to a fire, say faster than one that's in a junction box.
0: And that's really scary because it's in the ceiling. So it'll go mm-hmm. through your
1: it'll mm-hmm. go through all that wood. And you'll never know it until it's on fire. Oh gosh, that yeah. makes my stomach hurt. And just to think about it, right? Yeah. Also, I've seen people um, like to go to put in a, a, replace an outlet or whatever, or they really want to add something that's next to another outlet. And instead of making a proper connection, they'll put two wires under one screw. And I saw this one house that I came to had the exact problem and they were running like an air conditioner off of it and something else. And the outlet actually kind of bursted the flames. It got so hot in this one location, yeah. And it burnt the safe, an outlet is down low on the wall you could see black marks all the way up about four feet from that outlet. And worse than that, it filled the entire room with smoke. And that little section of fire got so hot that it melted the ceiling pan blades and they were like arched down.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
1: I had to go back. And, and it was something we installed. Someone else installed it before us, but we had to go back and fix it. Um, and the worst part about that is a lot of times the, when you have a fire like that, the wires are damaged. So you got to place larger sections of wire. So you got to take out more drywall and whatnot. And that was a really scary one. I was like, oh my gosh, their house like, literally was on fire.
0: You know, when you talk about stuff like that, and we've talked about this on Behind the Build, you know, anytime you're getting ready to remodel your home or build a home from the ground up, how much electricity that home is going to draw and where it's drawing from is a really important part of the plans in the beginning of your home. So you can't just add stuff on your own and not get that checked out.
1: Exactly. So, like, think about, I, I run across this all the time. Homeowners, um, let's say their air conditioning or heat maybe isn't as efficient they would like, and it's not just that efficient, it's that this room's colder than that room, and so people like to use space heaters. Um, most of your bedrooms are on a 15 amp breaker, then most of your space heaters pull, you know, 11, 12, 13 amps. So if you're running, say your, your space heater and a TV and you got your phone chargers and you got this and that and all your else plugged in, it's uh, very likely that you're gonna, you know, run up your 15 amps pretty high. Now, your breaker is designed to protect you from overloading the circuits or whatever. And it'll, generally it'll do its job, but uh I've seen homeowners go back and like, oh, I want a little bit more power in this room. I'm tripping the breaker. And it's easy enough to buy a 20-amp breaker and put it on in the place of the 15. Everything matches up perfectly, but except for the wire's not designed to carry the extra load. So now you created that. If you just bumped your breaker up on size, you created a, a potential fire hazard because the wire's not big enough. The wire will get hot by carrying the extra load that it's not designed to carry. And so, therefore, before you do something like that, you definitely want to consult an electrician, for sure.
0: Well, and let's talk about the breakers for a second, because in one of the segments that we did on my southern home, I thought it was so cool because there's this company out there that makes breakers for females specifically, and it's—I don't mean that in a sexist way. It's—it's it's beautiful. It's white, but it's more organized.
1: Yes, uh, Levington is the brand referring to, and they did—they interviewed a uh, hundred women and said, "What is it about electrical panels that?" You know, could be intimidating to to women, and like, why are they scared to go? Why are they always send their husband down to go check the breaker? It's not because it's in the boiler room; it's because it's dark and dreary, and it looks dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Um,
0: well, I don't understand my breaker.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it's hard to understand. Yeah, which this one goes to what? You know,
0: when it wasn't well.
1: Marked out. Marked
0: out. Yeah. And let me say, let me say this. Mine wasn't very well marked out. I still don't know where everything is. And I lived here for over 20 years, but I call you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Before that, I called my uncle.
1: (laughs) But no, um, like now I have to, even before I get like an inspection, I have to have the panel completely labeled. They won't let you pass inspection unless your panel's labeled. So um, we'll get your panel labeled. We'll figure out where everything goes to. But um, but yeah you just so the new panels it was the numbers were easy to read everything was nice and white and so and then we had a really nice panel schedule on the one that you saw and it was pretty accurate i mean it was i mean sure in a house that i didn't build it may be hard to understand how everything's wired but you know we'll shut breakers off till we find the right one that matches up with that you know circuit out in the house it just takes a while i three, four hours labeling like
0: panels before. I was so impressed with that panel. I really was. And I thought how genius that a company would actually make something that was easy to understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean not in a mean way, but I was just wow, this and and it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Right.
0: Because <laughs> panels, you don't think of beauty when you think of electrical panels. They're <laughs> ugly. They're black. They're red. Yeah. You know, they're an eyesore. Lots of times you you put a painting over it. Right. right. Or you try to hide it in some way. And this one's gorgeous. It, it kind of looked like a like a speaker in yeah. a way.
1: Exactly. I was gonna say that's one thing about the white panels is um, a lot of times people will basically put a picture of it or they'll put like a cabinet door over it or something. Um, and that's generally okay and everything, but this one here is so nice. You, you don't have to, it's not such an tour that the gray ones are, or the the black ones are, you know, and whatnot. So these, you don't want to cover it up because it actually looks kind of nice and clean.
0: Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for, for being here with me today. We started talking about lighting and kind of veered off to some other things, but everything is just so important to me when it comes to electricity and, and all the ways that you can help people. Um, and you know the dangers out there that people need to be aware of
1: yeah i enjoy talking about electrical stuff especially electrical safety um i'm always up for a phone call if anybody has a question um you can check out my website at aempro.us and just see all the different things that we actually do
0: i will thank you so much kelly i really appreciate it thank you kimberly I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Southern Home podcast. For more information on my guests and other home improvement topics, visit MySouthernHomeTV.com.